0: Welcome to the A to D Sports Powered by Bet MGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry. In for Zach Bingham today. Zach will be back on Monday. Uh, make sure you follow us on, tw- on all over social media. We are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network. And we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Gotta thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us. And they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville. The professional landlords in the area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for Wilson County Hyundai. If you're trying to make them a part of your new car buying process, that's a great thing. WilsonCountyHyundai.com or simply go see them in Lebanon, the bone and joint Institute bone and joint TN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care and farm bureau health plans. Get better with farm bureau health plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a plan for you at FBHP.com. So Jack, uh, as the Facebook invite is being extra slow today, which is always great. So if you're joining Facebook late, um, then, then yeah, uh, that's because Zuckerberg was late to do that. Also, Titans Rossi, will you guys be doing shows this frequent daily after the NFL season is over as well? We understand a lot of people are new to A to Z sports. Uh, we do this thing year round, guys. It's Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning, central time, for about an hour, mostly over an hour, and then buck rising, A to Z sports prime time, uh, also year-round. So content doesn't stop. We do this every damn morning. So for everybody who jumped on board the A to Z train throughout the football season, we appreciate you. We'll come up with topics uh, to move forward. And topic development is what we do at A to Z very, very well. So we ain't going anywhere, right, Jack?
1: Yep, you're right about that. Monday through Friday, you'll be seeing A to Z live uh, in the mornings and at night with Buck Rising. Um, While the Titans season may be over, uh, we certainly have a lot to talk about heading into this offseason. So we're we're not going anywhere.
0: Yes, yeah, there's so much to happen. Dre said, glad I found A to Z. Glad you found us there, Dre. All right, so uh, Jack, let's dive into it. Because Monday, I broke down who to blame on Ryan Tannehill's three interceptions against the Bengals. And then and we posted that on YouTube and, and it's in uh, singularly as well. So it's about a nine minute segment going through all the three interceptions. And then Tuesday, Jack and I from the bone and joint Institute talked about uh, really Todd Downing and Mike Rabel's comment about Todd Downing and what we think the ceiling for Todd Downing will be, uh, or what the ceiling for the Titans will be under Todd Downing as the offensive play caller. So, Let's go ahead and replay Mike Vrabel's comments from Monday about Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing when Ben Arthur of the Tennessean asked him simply, "How do you assess Todd Downing's job as the play caller this past season?"
1: That's the season that uh, Todd Downing had for you guys as offensive play caller.
0: Um, I think Todd does a great job. I think he's a great. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a hard worker. You know, and. Um, you know, there were, there's always going to be calls you'd like to have back. There's plays you'd like to have back. Um, but, but I don't evaluate things. Um, you know, I try to try to see how guys communicate with each other, the players. Um, are we all on the same page? Is there, you know, good communication? Um, how do we do on third down? How are we doing the red zone? And, you know, things have to be better in all three phases each and every year. But, um, you know, I, I, I love the relationship that Todd has with the assistant coaches and the players and and you know, we'll all continue to improve.
1: What about in terms of a relationship with Ryan? Do you think that Ryan has suffered at all losing Arthur and going to Todd this year?
0: Arthur coaches for the Falcons.
1: Right, the transition from Arthur to Todd though. Do you feel like there's any diminishing effect at all? No.
0: That was uh, Todd Downing or Mike Vrabel on Todd Downing on Monday and You know, I think there has been a difference in Ryan Tannehill, who had 21 turnovers uh, this year in 18 games under Todd Downing. He only threw seven interceptions last season under Arthur Smith. And actually, if you count the playoffs, eight interceptions under Arthur Smith. And he threw 17 interceptions under Downing this year. We've talked a lot about how Todd Downing is at fault for some of these interceptions because of the lack of creativity when it comes to play calling running the same plays over and over uh, out of the same formations, and then also uh, play design and how it's been, it's been described as limited by uh, Matt Bowen of the NFL Films and NFL matchup with ESPN. So Ryan says Vrabel is so cringe it's hard to listen to. And I also understand that Mike Vrabel is not going to go up there on a Monday morning after the Titan season ends and throw his players and assistant coaches under the bus. But I also saw Tuesday morning and Tuesday when there was a round of layoffs from the coaching staff, all on defense, uh, special teams, or an assistant strength coach got let go. And so I I continue to look at Todd Downing. The analysis continues to get worse, Jack, because now we'll play it. This came out from NFL Films of the Mike Hilton interception uh, where he knew exactly what was coming in the Mike uh, caught him on the sideline. Oh, man, he gonna throw it. I, and I'm going to catch that. I'm going to catch don't, not gonna it. I know he's going to throw, throw it. Throw it. I know it. He First and goal from the 10. There's a pass deflected. Yeah. Intercepted by Hilton. Woo-hoo. Sprinting from away from hey. Tannehill. And the quarterback is able to make the tackle. Hey, I'm really the best in the league. You know that. Y'all better respect it. So that was the uh, back and forth with Mike Hilton. He knew he was going to throw it because Mike Hilton uh, saw that same exact play on film several times leading up to that, and then also uh, saw it in that game uh, beforehand, where he was able to to run that same exact play, and Mike Hilton made the play. Uh, Jack, how do you feel about this uh, this Todd Downing situation?
1: Well, you you were on it pretty quickly this week. We've already discussed, you know the. That was a, a situation where the first time they ran the play, Mike, Mike Hilton kind of shaded towards the receiver. And then the second time, obviously, you know, NFL players, they, they they are able to read, you know, situations, formations, whatever it may be. And he shot up the gap and made a good play on the ball. Mike Hilton, uh, an Ole Miss Rebel, by the way. Uh, but, but yeah, that with with everybody kind of finally catching on, you know, Vrabel's seen this. It, 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 and going over film, how could you miss it? You run, you run a similar play earlier, a bubble screen and, you know, it didn't really work that well. And you, you do it again and it goes for a pick at the 10 yard line after four rushes for 66 yards gets you up in position to really make some noise in that football game. So you, you, this isn't good for Todd Downing. It's not going to be good. This, you know, this was probably one of his worst games that he called all season long. And you bring up a good point, you know, it, in Tannehill's first two years as the starter in the regular season, he threw just 13 picks, and that's 26 games. So that's a pretty sizable sample yeah, size that we're talking sure. about there. Uh, and then this year, 16 or 17 starts, he threw one more pick than he did in the last two seasons. So something's up. And you know, it's not going to be perfect the first year in a new system. It never is, and it's really difficult to to you know kind of develop that chemistry, fire on all cylinders, while not having some of the key cogs of your offense available for a a good, a healthy portion of the season. Um, So, you know, while Todd Downing did have a disastrous performance, you know, Vrabel's not going to sit up there and just tear him apart, right? That's not the way that Mike Vrabel handles his business. He's not going to call out players. He's not going to call out coaches. The only time this year I can remember him really calling out a player was Julio Jones early in the season about doing dumb stuff to hurt the football team. Mm -hmm. That's why people, that's why players like to play for Vrabel. That's why coaches like to coach for Vrabel. And, you know, I don't think it's healthy to be calling out guys that you're going to keep around like that. So, you know, he's going to live. He's hopefully going to learn. But I, it, this this Todd Downing hire, all of a sudden, because, you know what, it's weighted differently. The Todd Downing hire is weighted differently than the Arthur Smith hire at the time. But Why? Because the Titans are even closer to a Super Bowl. They have all the talent in the world. This was their most talented roster they've probably ever had. And, um, you know, you've got to make the right hires when your super bowl windows open, you know, I I get it. His first two years with the Titans, they weren't in this position. Nobody expected them to go, you know, you know, to the super bowl AFC championship game, whatever it was, but now your expectations, the bar is raised, right? You, you, you have to, you have to get the most out of your coordinators. You have to find the right guys. And I get it. You know, being a defensive head coach, we talked about this yesterday. You're going to lose offensive guys after good seasons. You're going to lose your play callers after they have good seasons. Uh, We've, we've seen that with LaFleur, although his, you know he didn't have the best season in Tennessee, and then Arthur Smith after that. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a huge, huge grading point for Mike Vrabel and his his coordinators, his coordinator hires, um, just because you know the Super Bowl window is still open, but it's 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 closing awfully fast, right? You got to be able to jump through that window sooner or later, and if, if you're doubling down on Todd Downing, you better you better be right.
0: Yeah, and I understand why Downing was hired as offensive coordinator this time a year ago, it's because you had two years of great offense and you wanted to continue that continuity. And so elevating the, the tight ends coach under Arthur Smith to be Arthur Smith's replacement made sense. But you also can't stick with something because you don't think you have another option. I saw somebody say that it feels like Vrabel thinks he's stuck with Todd Downing. I think the Titans offensive coordinator job should be a very attractive to anybody who is looking to get into being an offensive coordinator. Why? is because the the previous two guys are sitting head coaches. You've got Ryan Tannehill. You've got Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. You've got weapons under contract that have put up 30 points a game in this league. And why not? Why would you not want that offensive coordinator job? I think I would think Mike Vrabel would have a lot of options if he were to let go of Todd Downing, but based off of, The comment on Monday is it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. You know, Buck Rising talked about this on both primetime and his zone show, that it would be an upset if Todd Downing is not the offensive coordinator and play caller a year from now in this upcoming season. But I I also feel like Vrabel – I'll get to that. I'll get to my point here, but I do want to get you guys more involved because I was about to kind of go into our next conversation, but we want to ask you guys this question. What is your trust level with Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions? What is your trust level with Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions? And we always like to do this one through 10 so we can get some nuance in there. So it's not just a yes or yes or no, or good or bad, but what is your trust level with Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions And we're going to get to your comments 1 through 10. We'll play that Mike Hilton video again. We'll play Vrabel's comment uh, again as well. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They are the professional landlords in the area. Simply head to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's a bunch of different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit. Just simply head to RentersWarehouse.com. They create extra cash flows for you and your family. Long-term equity equals long-term wealth by owning rental property and they let, they do everything for you. You don't do anything. You just get paid. They go collect the money, they find the tenants, they price the property. They also go do all the maintenance calls for one low monthly fee. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go.
1: Bet MGM, it's the king of sports books. You guys, you hear us talk about it all the time. I hope you cashed in on last night's offer where, you know, you just had to bet $10 on a money line for any NBA team in action, you turn that into $200 as soon as the team hit a three. If you didn't, don't worry about it. We've got another one today. Download the BetMGM app and use code A to Z two hundred A T O Z two hundred. Put ten dollars on the money line and win two hundred dollars if either team scores a touchdown Sunday. Whether you want want to bet the Bengals or the Chiefs or the Niners or the Rams, you put ten dollars on one of those money lines, and if a touchdown is scored in in that game, you'll turn that ten dollars into two hundred dollars, regardless if your money line wager wins or not. Remember, new users download the app, plug in that promo code A to Z two hundred. Put a $10 money line wager on any team in action this weekend, and you'll turn that $10 into $200 as soon as one touchdown is scored.
0: All right, so here it is, A to Z Sports on a Thursday. What is your trust level in Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions, 1 through 10? I'm going to go through uh, some of your comments. Weston with a 5, memory mix with a 6, Stephen with a 1. You can't be at a 1, Stephen, oh, because, on. because, one, Arthur Smith was a great elevation as offensive coordinator. Dean Pease was brilliant. Then you went a year without a defensive coordinator. And Shane Bowen kicked ass this year as D coordinator. So you cannot be a one, Stephen. I don't care how much you might dislike Todd Downing. Noah says 8.3. Billy says a five. Derek says a 10. So all the confidence and trust in Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions. Weston with a five. Andrew with a four. Uh, Darren says if Downing is still there it's the damn zero. Rooney with a four. Scott with a six. Orlando with a 7.5. And Dom says, this is the biggest decision yet. I don't disagree. This is the biggest decision yet for Mike Vrabel's coaching staff because expectations are raised. The defense raised its level. Shane Bowen raised his level, actually getting to be the defensive coordinator. Everything else seems like it's in place, but the offensive coordinator is an issue here. Christine uh, McCord says, fire Downing, downing, hire Tim Kelly. Uh, Tim says on offensive one, Dre says 7.5. Josh with a seven, four and a half from Dwayne, six and a half from Van. Gene of five, 6.9. Nice score there from Alex, four for Rob. Uh, Jack, what is your confidence level in, or your trust level, excuse me, in Mike Vrabel's coordinator decisions?
1: Austin, I'm going 7.5. And Hold, trust time out, trust. Time
0: out, time out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. My bad. Brent says Shane Bowen did not kick ass. Most of that was Jim Schwartz, Austin. No, Brent, you can't do that. That's not how it works. Jim Schwartz was a defensive assistant. He was not the defensive coordinator. You have to give Shane Bowen the credit for actually doing a good job this year as the defensive coordinator. Nobody else knows how much impact Jim Schwartz did or didn't have on the defense. But the fact of the matter is, one, they flipped the roster on the defensive side. Two, Shane Bowen was actually named defensive coordinator so he could play the role during the week of practice and call the plays on Sunday, and it worked out. He had a better relationship with all the different defensive position groups where he didn't have any of that last year because he was the outside linebackers coach. So you cannot dip Shane Bowen and just give credit to Jim Schwartz, that's not how it should work at all.
1: No, I'm with you. Back to the question. Yes, yeah, sorry. Mike Vrabel's trust level with his coordinators, Uh, with, with his coordinator hires. I'm going seven point five. Now, he's had five coordinators on both sides of the ball in, in with his in his time during, uh, at Tennessee. Um, Matt Lafleur, he's now the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now, to be fair, Matt Lafleur hasn't really done anything spectacular in Green Bay. He didn't really do anything spectacular. While He was, he hasn't done
0: anything special in Green Bay. I mean, he hasn't made the Super Bowl, but he's got the most wins in in, in the first three years of head coaching career in NFL history.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay, but uh, he's lost Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers now wants out of Green Bay. He's he's spoiled Aaron Rodgers up there. Aaron
0: Rodgers won it out of Green Bay before Matt LaFleur, too. We'll
1: see how long Matt LaFleur survives survives in Green Bay once Aaron Rodgers is
0: gone. Look, that's fair, but again, the numbers with – they were barely over 500 pre-LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers. They are like thirty nine and nine or something crazy.
1: Well, they can't with- get over the hump. You, you you change coaches because you didn't like something in the other guy. You want the ne- you want the guy you bring in to take you to the next level. When you have a top two quarterback in the league, you expect him to be able to make at least an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl. That hasn't uh, you know NFC Championship game is as far as they've gotten, and the, people in Green Bay will tell you that's not good enough. Well, uh, yeah. so, so Matt Lafleur being one, and I he he. Honestly, I I didn't I was kind of surprised he got the Green Bay job after being in Tennessee. I didn't think he did anything spectacular here. Um, Dean Pease, however, he kind of transformed that defense. Kevin Byard had a great season and All Pro season under Dean Pease. Um, the secondary looked good. Really, it, it was a well rounded defense. Aside from you know the pass rush being uh, you know in a few different years, but uh, so Dean Pease was solid. He's now the DC under Arthur Smith. In Atlanta, Arthur Smith being uh, probably Vrabel's best hire so far. Um, just the way he ran that offense, the creativity that he had. I think Arthur Smith is probably the best guy he's brought in. Um, then you have Shane Bowen. Now, we, we've had one really bad year of Bowen, and I know he wasn't the full-time play caller in the D.C. He wasn't given that title. This season, major turnaround. Uh, year three, will, you know, does you know water always finds its level that, that that's what people say right water always finds its level we've seen a bad year we've seen a great year from shane bowen's defense maybe it levels out in his in year three we'll see it's still too early to really judge that higher i in my opinion mm-hmm. um and then you have todd downing disastrous first year as titans play caller. i know i know that you know they locked up the one seat and he made it work with with a bunch of guys that were originally on the practice squad this year but you know it, you're judged in the nfl on what you do on third downs, what you do in big games, what you do in must-win situations against your division rivals, all of that stuff. And and at the end of the day, the playoffs. You secure the one seed, you're expected to make a run in the postseason. And Downing, you know, in that playoff loss, he had one of his worst performances of the season. No doubt. Um, So he hasn't – really proven himself I understand and you know and maybe that's not fair because the Titans use 91 different players throughout the course I think it's
0: totally fair I think it's totally fair Chad Chad brings up my point about Todd Downing that I want to get to in a second but also George says Aaron Rodgers went out of Green Bay for four years I highly doubt that Austin no do you guys not remember the friction between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers like that was why Mike McCarthy got fired is because he had a bad relationship with Aaron Rodgers like you guys forget so quickly and the problem with Aaron Rodgers was never the locker room. It was never the coaching staff, or it's not really LaFleur either. It's above that. It's the front office that Aaron Rodgers has an issue with because they won't draft him a damn weapon in the first round or an offensive lineman in the first round to save his life. And so that's, that's why. So Chad, back on the Shane Bowen-Todd-Downing thing. Chad says, I'm going to say one thing regarding Downing. How did everyone feel about Bowen still being the D.C. after last season? Maybe we should give Downing another year, but I don't know. And that was where I was going to go with the Mike Vrabel trust level thing is that because Mike Vrabel had success with Todd, uh, with Shane Bowen this past season compared to the setup two years ago, doesn't mean Todd Downing is the same situation. Because if you remember, Shane Bowen did not have the title of defensive coordinator, no. nobody did. Shane Bowen was the outside linebackers coach. He led the meetings during the week, but he was the play caller on Sunday. He wasn't able to go and bounce around the different practice uh, positional groups during the week because he was coaching outside linebackers. And so you cannot have that continuity and relationship with your defense when you're stuck doing the outside linebackers. And so once he had the ability to roam and truly do the role of a defensive coordinator, it all fell into place. There was not a clear line of communication on whose job was what two years ago with the defensive coordinator. This past year there was, and it had improved. Todd Downing was the offensive coordinator in every aspect of the job title and duties this past year, and it was bad. Sure, the injuries made it tougher, but it was, a, it was zero creativity, a, quote, limited passing scheme and play design, and you can only, and there was zero adaptation, zero adaptation, because when you can only score 17 points on opening drives in 18 games, that is a problem, Mm -hmm. a massive, massive problem. And two of the teams you scored in the opening drive against were the Jets and the Jags. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's not exactly like you were doing a great job against good opponents. You got seven points in the opening drive against the Chiefs in the most impressive game all season long. But I I do think that you cannot just say, oh, Shane Bowen worked after a bad year. Todd Downing deserves another chance. Those Uh, situations were not the same whatsoever.
1: No, and and I'm with you. And, And for the Titans, I love the numbers you brought up on first drafts for the Titans this year. Huge struggle for them. And this is a Titans team that relies on the run game. So you want to be playing with the lead. If down and can't get, you know, put points on the board early in games, then that takes away from the Titans biggest strength, which is pounding the rock with Derrick Henry, wearing down defenses and taking advantage of them late in the game. Uh, w- without going up early on teams, the Titans are going to struggle because they're built to play with the lead. We, we, we've we seen Tannehill try and, you know, come back with his arm and, and don't get me wrong. He's had plenty of fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives to You know, in his time in Tennessee, hell, he's 30 and 13 since arriving here. But Downing has to figure out a way to put points on the board early. Look at the look at the guys that are still remit. Kyle Shanahan, you remember that opening drive the 49ers put together against the Titans? I mean, just absolutely outscripted. you know, out coached the hell out of the Titans open. You know, he's got Jimmy G to deal with. He's got to work around some of his deficiencies, which they couldn't do that game. But you've got to find a guy who can put points on the board early. You've got to be able to play with the lead in Tennessee, especially probably the you know the team that relies on you know holding a lead early in, in games more than just about anyone else in the NFL, just the play style and the way they're built.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally well, agree.
1: Awesome. Totally- what, what's your what's your trust level? You got to give us my. A
0: yeah, yeah. My trust level it's tough because everything that Vrabel's done when it comes to hiring a D coordinator, or a coordinator has worked out minus Todd Downing. Now he made a mistake by not hiring a coordinator in 2020. And that became a a big issue, Uh, but he fixed it. Right. And so I think my trust level in Vrabel is at a seven with his coordinators and the missing three to get to a 10 is all about Todd Downing. I, I can't be, Yeah. Lower than that because of the track record of Dean Pease, Arthur Smith. And I I doubted the Arthur Smith hire. Like, I'll I'll say it right here. Here's this was my reaction when Arthur Smith was hired as offensive coordinator. I said, in Marcus Mariota's fifth year option year, where it's all make or break on that year and he's being paid $20 million, you're going to go hire a guy who's never called plays before? That, that, and, that, and that's going to work out in, in a year where you've got to figure out about your quarterback in a fifth-year option. You give, you give a guy who's going to have to learn on the job because he never called a play before in the NFL. That was my analysis of Arthur Smith. It was a big risk, in my opinion. And Arthur Smith is a head coach of the Falcons. But after two years, it was a great hire. And Mike Vrabel deserves a lot of credit for listening to Arthur Smith's p- plan and hiring him and going through it and succeeding. Now, Tannehill coming on board in week seven of that year changed it all too. But Arthur Smith was able to maximize Ryan Tannehill, where Shane, Bolt, Todd Downing, could not maximize Ryan Tannehill. And in my opinion, he hindered Ryan Tannehill. Because it's, it's yeah. very simple. Just like he did with up. Derek
1: Carr in Oakland. I mean, it's the same yes. situation with Derek Carr in Oakland. He made him look like a pedestrian QB. Now what does Derek Carr do? Take him to the playoffs, and he looks like a top ten guy. Yeah.
0: You don't put your quarterback in a situation where the safety only has one read. Like the safety whose job is in it, it's cover three, which means the safety has the deep third and everything else behind where he's at. If there's nobody pressing him to continue to have his mind on, don't get beat over the top. And all you do got to do is jump a deep curl with nothing on the backside to hold him. That's bad play design by the coordinator and it only gives Ryan Tannehill one option and Tannehill was late on the throw he gives he gets blamed for that interception because he was late if it was on time it wouldn't have been picked it would have been a 15 yard game but it was late and Bates picked it off because there was nothing else on the backside to hold him
1: and it doesn't just have to do with Tannehill I mean AJ Brown one of his biggest strengths as a wide receiver is is yards after the catch ability and him being able to kind of break loose in the secondary and cause all kinds of trouble. We didn't see that a whole lot this year. He's got to put A.J. Brown in situations that are built for him to succeed as well. And that goes on Tannehill too. You have A.J. Brown making some of those plays after the catch. That makes Tannehill look better. That that brings points. You know, all kinds of stuff. And the offense starts to look a little more whole. They didn't do a whole lot of that this year. A.J.'s, AJ's yards after catch have really dipped ever since his rookie season. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, you average – a ton of yards after the catcher rookie season it's hard to sustain but I mean you got to get him the ball in space you got to find a way to get him the ball in space and I just didn't see a whole lot of that out of Downing in this offense this season
0: yeah yeah it's uh and you know uh, I see a comment here MB says it was a two-man route that's the problem who's there to hold the safety Uh, you got a lot of people saying that you know Tannehill still to the pick I get that but you've got to you're, you now you're like that's multiple times you've asked your quarterback to overcome a deficiency of his coach, and you cannot. You know Ryan Tannehill is not an average quarterback. He's above average, but he's definitely not great. And you no, know, he's not elite. So Ryan Tannehill can't consistently make plays to overcome bad coaching decisions like some of the elite can. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I'm sure those type of guys make plays that we don't see where their coach didn't help them out that much, but it didn't matter because they are great or elite. And I think Ryan Tannehill is, is good. I think he's a good quarterback, but in the playoffs, good quarterbacks can get eaten alive. If the coach puts them in bad situations.
1: Yeah. And for those saying that AJ Brown had a great season. Yes, of course he had a great season, but his yards after the catch this season were 248, he had 248 yards after the catch compared to four thirty two last year and four sixty five the year before so you, i understand that a j brown's a great receiver well, you know he's he's fringe elite already in this league after his third season but he hasn't this past season he didn't get it done after the catch and it's not because something that a j brown did it's it's the way the offense was set up and you know obviously he gets to face more top you know number one corners on other teams so it's been a little more challenging but I mean, we got to, AJ Brown's got to be able to get it done, you know, after the catch. And that's what he's so good at. And that's why I I didn't see from Todd Down.
0: I've got to take here. And I'm going to say this today because Zach's not here. So Tim says, yeah, where'd the AJ slants go? Zach, uh, Jack, off the top of your head, how many catch and run touchdowns did AJ Brown have this year?
1: Big catch and run. Oh, man. Big catch and run touchdowns. Yes. So, oh man, well, how one. many touchdowns did he have?
0: Not many. Not, not many.
1: many. Yeah. So I think he only he had five one. or six.
0: One. Five touchdowns. One. It was. It was uh, Halloween at Indianapolis. Out route, caught it. DB whiffed, and he goes down the sideline for a touchdown. That was it. Really. That was it. One.
1: Yeah. It, it, I'm not blaming AJ Brown. By the I'm way. not either.
0: I'm not. Here's uh, here's the difference, and I'm and I'm, I'm not saying this. AJ Brown. The Colts game was the only one. In A.J. Brown's big, long touchdown catch and runs like that over the past two years before this season, who helped him get there? Who was blocking downfield to make those things a touchdown?
1: Corey Davis. Are you going to bring the Corey Davis back into play here? Yeah. Okay.
0: People said Corey Davis's blocking didn't matter. Corey Davis isn't here. Now, Derek Henry was out for a decent amount, right?
1: Yeah. And... and-
0: and Derrick Henry had two big long touchdowns one against Seattle and then one against Buffalo but again I, I and Foreman had some big breakaways where he got caught and ran down and Julio Jones is not the downfield blocker that Corey Davis is and he's I He's not honestly, a bad
1: downfield blocker I mean he's a but big But he's Duke.
0: not and again my point was Corey Davis Created a lot more touchdowns than his own box score showed. And I think this year was a big deal in that. And, and Brent, I agree with you on this one. I disagree with you earlier. John U. Smith, same thing. When you've got Corey Davis and John U. Smith helping 30 yard gains become 60 or more, that turns into touchdowns. And Julio Jones is not that type of guy, he's just not.
1: Man, I think uh, I disagree with you. I don't think that losing Corey Davis hindered A.J. Brown's ability after the catch. I think Todd Downing hamstrung A.J. Brown. Todd Downing, you know, failed to recognize A.J. Brown's biggest strength. And we, we saw the result of that this season. Tannehill wasn't able to get a whole lot going throughout the course of the season. A lot of turnovers that we ha- we, we, we weren't used to seeing from Tannehill before, before this season, before Downing came on. So it's not A.J. Brown's fault. I want the chat to understand that I'm not blaming A.J. Brown but the offensive coordinator has to put him in a position to succeed just like he does Tannehill.
0: Yes. Uh, Rico on Facebook says Tannehill is the problem. Stop being in denial. Tannehill has the ball in his hands more than any uh, other player, and he turns the ball over rapidly. Rico, the offensive coordinator, is the problem. Was Tannehill the problem in 2019 and 2020 when they were top five in the league in scoring? No, because Arthur Smith was maximizing Ryan Tannehill. And Todd Downing is limited as a play caller and a play scheme creator, and it has hurt Ryan Tannehill drastically. Todd Downing is a bigger problem than Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. Because, you know, you have an idea of what Ryan Tannehill is, and we've seen him in Arthur Smith's offense, and you kind of know what he does well. And that's why I think Vrabel decided to go in-house and promote Todd Downing because Downing was there for all of Tannehill's success, he was just the tight ends coach. So you expect Todd Downing to know what Tannehill does. You expect him to kind of understand how Arthur Smith ran the offense. And you don't have to copy Arthur Smith. I mean, you have some creativity of your own. We didn't see a whole lot of that this season at all. It's it, while Tannehill is, you know, I mean, people are going to argue whether he's top ten or not after that playoff game. I think it's hard to put him in that top ten category, he's not, but. He's not. You know, Todd Downing is mostly to blame because Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good quarterback. He's not great, but he's he's above average. He's pretty good. You can win with Ryan Tannehill. They've proven that. It's you you just have to know what he does well and put him in situations that are you know set up for success for Ryan Tannehill and uh, Todd Downing this season. Maybe maybe it was just a year to get used to his talent, a year to figure out the weapons that Tannehill had. But for whatever reason, it, it just didn't work.
0: So let's go quickly and then we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll, we'll switch over to Jack's uh, topic next, but uh, the, the Titans have lost three consecutive playoff games, right? What happened to Tane in the three playoff games though, right? So let's go through those. Um, and so Mikey says, uh, was Taneil the problem when they couldn't score in the AFC title game? Then the offense failed versus the Ravens. He's a limited quarterback. Uh, You're a playoff team at best with him. Still take him over picking top 10. Yeah, absolutely. But Again, let's go through the uh let's go through the, the AFC championship game. Derrick Henry was on a crazy run, and then the Chiefs defense shut down Derrick Henry. The Titans defense could not stop Mahomes, and you got in a bad situation. You were up 10 to nothing in that game, and the Titans defense gave up a painful touchdown run to Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes was gone after that. Tannehill could not overcome Patrick Mahomes. That's you know, that's hard to do in the AFC playoffs. He's never lost at home in the playoffs. Uh, so then against the Ravens, once again, Derrick Henry got stuffed against the Baltimore Ravens. And Ryan Tannehill threw a game ending interception when he was trying to target Khalif Raymond, similar to how he was trying to target NWI there. I also think the Ravens playoff game was Arthur Smith's worst game as Titans offensive coordinator up there with that Panthers game in Carolina oh. his first year. Yeah. So I think Panthers regular season game and then the playoff game against the Ravens were Arthur Smith's two worst games. Arthur Smith got hired the following like Tuesday as the Falcons head coach after the Titans lose that game. And then we have the game from the other night where Todd Downing was had zero creativity and put Tannehill in bad spots. Yes, Tannehill threw three interceptions, and I put a lot of blame on Downing for why those interceptions were able, why the plays were able to be made by the defense, because Downing put Tannehill in a bad spot.
1: And the Titans need to, and Mike Vrabel, Todd Downing, everybody on the Titans, you know, that works with that Titans offense needs to realize, look in the mirror and realize that in the playoffs, Teams have figured you out. Derrick Henry's averaged three yards a carry in those three losses, those three consecutive playoff losses. Teams are stuffing the box and forcing Tannehill to beat him, and he's not capable. You know what I'd like to see? I think Kyle Shanahan does a great job with Debo Samuel, and I think Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown are very similar players. I'd like to see some creativity there. Now, you don't have to line him up at running back because you have Derrick Henry, but just force feed him the ball. Get get your best playmaker outside the ball as much as you can, and good things are going to happen. we need to see more of that.
0: Uh, I will correct myself. Well, kind of. Dion says wrong. Brady beat Mahomes in the playoffs in Kansas City. I view that game as a Patrick Mahomes win because if D Ford didn't line up off sides for no damn reason, the Chiefs win that game. So, again, I in my own record book, I'm not going to go full Stugats and have my own record book, but in this situation, my own record book, Patrick Mahomes won that game. You can't have a guy line up in the neutral zone on a key uh, play in the in the fourth quarter of a title game. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's hard to beat Mahomes in Arrowhead. It's hard to beat, you know, whoever's a quarterback when you go to Arrowhead. This is a very tough place to play, but especially yes. when, you know, you have a generational talent at quarterback like Mahomes is.
0: Right. All right, Jack, I want to get to your three under-the-radar Titans players who need to be re-signed by the team this off season. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com in Lebanon, make them a part of your car buying process. Go see Payne Bone uh, and his team out Lebanon. They do a fantastic job of getting you the right car for your situation. They're not just going to try to sell you a car just to get commission and sell you a car. That's not how they go about things. Uh, they want to make sure that they get you in the right ride for your particular situation. They're also in Lebanon, easy trip, I-40 East, no big deal. God's country out there in Lebanon. and It's also not those downtown prices that are going to gouge you like other dealerships. So go check them out in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com.
1: Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Use promo code A to Z200. And in any of the games, there are two games this weekend in the NFL. It's obviously conference championship weekend. You put a $10 money line wager on any team this weekend, and you'll turn that $10 into $200 as long as one touchdown is, that, is scored in that game. And with the Rams offense and Mahomes in the other game, Mahomes and Burrow, it's safe to say that you're going to turn that $10 into $200. Just make sure, you new users out there, use that promo code A to Z 200, A T O Z 200, to turn your $10 money line wager into $200, as long as there's one touchdown scored in the game you bet on.
0: Yeah, and uh, real quick, uh, B saying, hey, Mario won an airhead twice. <laughs> and his double digits twice. Yeah, but he was playing as Alex Smith, not uh, Pat Mahomes A little different. in both of those. So, uh, you know, Jack's got three under the radar Titans that need to be re-signed. Mr. Clean says Landry, Ben Jones, and Foreman. I don't think any of those three are under the radar. Maybe Deontay Foreman is, is under the radar, but Harold Landry is the highest radar uh, guy, highest profile guy that the Titans have. Ben Jones is definitely not under the radar, guys. So, Landry, not under the radar. So, Jack, I want you to go through one by one your three under-the-radar Titans who need to be re-signed this offseason. And I'm wondering if a certain wide receiver has cracked your list.
1: Garrett, Garrett, you are a smart man. Anyone want to put odds that Jack is NWI as a top player they have to re-sign? Let's start there because that's exactly where I'm going. Nick Westbrook-Akine, remember, he's an undrafted free agent. This dude was second on the team in catches, yards and touchdowns. He found the end zone four times this season. And while Julio Jones was banged up for a good bit of the season, NWI was there, you know, to to not just fill in and, you know, run routes opposite of AJ Brown, but to actually produce. I mean, he led the team in receiving yards. He he went over 100 yards um one time this season. He kill he's a Colts killer, a Texans traumatizer. Nick <laughs> Websterakinne has to be a priority after you a get priority through, after you get through the the meat of the offseason, after you okay. get through the meat of the, you know. The guys we talked about yesterday, you've got to bring back Landry. You've got to find a way to bring back Jones and make your decisions on the left side of that line as well. Um so so after you get the big guys signed, I think you have to turn attention to Nick Westbrook Akine. He's earned it. And, you know, not only does he contribute on offense, the reason why he's brought in and why he's stuck on this roster is what he can do in special teams. So I think he's a very valuable player um that you have to bring back. So Nick Westbrook Akine is number one for me.
0: All right, so let me uh, react to that because uh Nick Westbrook Akine is uh, an exclusive rights free agent. So what does that mean? It means that he's not even a restricted free agent. He had an exclusive rights free agent, which means the Titans have first shot at him. And really, you know, they can basically force Nick Westbrook and Keeney to resign if they want. Uh, and I, it's the exact same type of situation as um, Anthony Ferkster was in last off season, undrafted guy, after the first couple of years where you have him basically for whatever you want. So it would be a very easy, cheap uh, deal to bring back Nick Westbrook-Akine as an exclusive rights free agent because they have a tender. And they're I don't know exactly what that number is at this point, but it's going to be pretty cheap overall to yeah. bring back NWI.
1: Yeah, it's not going to break the bank. I mean, it's no. Nick Westbrook-Akine. I love him, but you know, he, he's not going to break the bank. So I was, my second guy. I was I was in between Chester Rogers and Dane Crookshank. Chester Rogers, there are some good things that he did, but you know, also he's kind of limited in what he can do in the offense. He finished sixth in the NFL in punt return yardage, but that's interesting. You know, that's not where I'm going to go. I think Dane Crookshank proved that he's more important to bring back than Chester Rogers this offseason. It wasn't too long ago, right? It was just last season where the Titans had to they were they were. You know, and, then, and still this season, they were scraping the bottom of the barrel to put guys in the secondary. I mean, Chris Jackson logged a ton of playing time. Jonathan Joseph was brought in. Desmond King was traded for. Um, you know, And the list goes on of just corners that didn't work out in the past couple of seasons for the Titans. But Ben Cruikshank showed that you know depth is important in the secondary. And in the secondary, there's going to be injuries every season. We saw it this year. Janoris Jenkins missed time. Uh, Christian Fulton missed time. Uh, Amani Hooker. I mean, you've got to have a guy behind those dudes. And Crookshank, like NWI, is valuable on special teams. So, uh, you know, this was really Dane Crookshank's first season logging meaningful snaps on the defensive side of the ball. He was a special teams player primarily heading into this season. I think Dane Crookshank needs to be brought back as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. He's going to be 27 years old. So he's an older, uh, you know, fifth-year guy going into his fifth year. He's an older fifth-year guy. He was a 23-year-old rookie out of Arizona four years ago. So I think um, I like Dane Krukshank a lot. I think he was very important to the Titans defense of how they guarded tight ends and the tight ends in the AFC are always going to be a problem, especially with the schedule you're going to be playing with the first place opponents as well. So I, you know, I don't, it's all about the number for Dane Krukshank because it did, it did take him a couple years to kind of get it. Yeah. And so I, I think,
1: Injuries were an issue as well.
0: Injuries were an issue. Finding his role on defense was an issue. And you just wonder if they think they can go draft his replacement. Yeah. And, and same thing with NWI. Can you just go draft somebody well, better?
1: That's where I was going to go with Chester Rogers. I think you can find a punt returner that's also a slot receiver in, in this draft, and it doesn't have to be early. You, those guys stick around for a little while just because they're undersized. So I think you can find a Chester Rogers in this draft. But – um that brings me to my third guy. We right, ready for my third? So Nick
0: Westbrook-Akine and Dane Crookshank.
1: Dane Crookshank. Okay. My third one. Oh man, do I love this guy? Randy Bullock.
0: Oh! 84,
1: 84% uh from you know, with field goals this season. He proved to be very reliable. He missed five kicks, and they were all from that forty to forty-nine yard range. You know, he's not gonna hit fifty-five-yard field goals. We know where his range is, and it's kind of from fifty and in. Uh, but Justin Tucker's, you know, they're hard to find. Obviously, no one else has one. Evan McPherson's—they don't grow on trees. You got to kind of draft a kicker if you want a good one. But Randy Bullock has been fine. He—he's a seasoned vet in this league. He's been around Cincinnati and Houston, lands in Tennessee. You know, after the Goskowski nightmares, after the kicking nightmares we saw when Ryan Suckup was fading with the Titans, they—they found a guy in Randy Bullock that I think that they can trust for a couple years. Now he's—is he the answer? You know, long term, no. But I don't think the Titans. Really are looking for a long term answer at kicker. You just need the guy. You need a guy that can step up and get it done this next season, and that's all that matters. It's a year by year evaluation with kickers, and I think Fat Randy proved to be you know not only reliable but um, you know pretty clutch at times for this Titans team. You know he had, he had a couple game winners this season. Yeah. Randy Randy Bullock is important, and you don't want to have to start over at the kicker position where you know you bring in three guys to try out at camp and, and end up rolling with one, and he doesn't work. And then where do you go from there? You know no. what you have in Randy Bullock. Stick with him. I think he's very important.
0: All right. So, Jack's three under-the-radar Titans need to be brought back. In Nick Westbrook-Akine, uh, Dane Cruikshank, and kicker Randy Bullock. I'm going to react to those. I've got one guy I think you left off. Okay. Um, and so, I asked you, you know, this was your segment, your project. I think you did a good job with it. One guy you left off and another guy I think that, that's easier replaced uh, than the other two on your list. And there is a, there is a fat Randy take that I very much disagree with in the comment section. We're going to quickly oh. tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever uh, you get hurt in life, you got to know who to go to, know who to trust. The folks at the Bone & Joint Institute do a fantastic job of getting you the care that you need. If you need surgery, they've got the surgery center and the surgeons there that specialize in any type of joint injury. They also have a great rehab. Facility on campus as well in Franklin. They have satellite facilities in Brentwood Thompson Station in Nolansville as well. BoneandJointTN.org.
1: The BetMGM sportsbook app, it's the king of sportsbooks. You know why? Because they offer great promotions like the one they have going on this weekend. New users download the app, plug in that code A to Z200, A T O Z200, place a $10 money line wager on any of the four teams in action over the weekend in conference championship weekend in the NFL, and you'll turn that $10 into $200 as long as one singular touchdown is scored in that game. 10 to, turns into 200, as long as there's one touchdown in that game. Doesn't matter if the team you bet on wins or loses. You'll turn that 10 into 200 with just one touchdown. Make sure to use that code. New users, this is the time to download the BetMGM app. Use that code A to Z200 and start making some money this weekend.
0: All right, so Jack's three under-the-radar Titans to bring back Nick Westbrook-Akine, uh, Dane Cruikshank, and Fat Randy Bullock. Stefan Dobbs says – Fat Randy couldn't even kick touchbacks in the playoff game. No, Fat Randy can kick a touchback whenever the Titans want him to kick a touchback.
1: And also, why are Titans? Why do Titans fans feel like they're in the position to, you know, be kicker elitists? Hold on, the Titans are a couple years removed from just absolute devastation at that position, and it's a really tough position to fill in this league. You know what you have in Randy Bullock? Eighty-four percent this season. That's reliable.
0: They were under fifty percent just two years ago. Just to let you know. But, Steph, Beggars Randy Bullock was instructed to not kick touchbacks against the Bengals. Like, it's very obvious to see how he kicked that game. Is that Mike Vrabel and Craig Aukerman, the staff, decided that they wanted returns in that game. They thought they could get the Bengals pinned early in front of the 25-yard line. I thought it was a dumb decision. And Seven follows up and says, because he didn't kick those touchbacks, the Bengals shredded the kickoff recovery. Didn't work. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's not wrong Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock was told, kick it to him, force a return. Don't kick touchbacks. And Randy Bullock is going to do whatever Craig Ackerman and Vrabel want him to do against that opponent. Like That's how it goes in the NFL. And it burned the coaches. It didn't burn Randy Bullock. That's not his fault. Randy Bullock can kick it through the end zone whenever the hell he wants to kick it to the end zone. And they <laughs> told him not to.
1: Yeah. It's not difficult to kick touchbacks in the NFL. With, no, with it's, the kickers like, these guys it's have.
0: 70 yards kick off of a tee. It's the easiest thing.
1: Yeah. But and so
0: Steven says that baffles him coaching wise. Oh yeah. I thought it was a dumb decision. Just yeah, kick then, it.
1: You know what? Maybe they needed to see a body and that's why they fired the assistant special teams coach. Maybe they needed, you know, somebody to, to pay for that, that game plan idea. And it was the assistant special teams coach who knows.
0: Right, but right. It, it so, didn't
1: work at the end of the day.
0: Of your three, I think the the three you need to bring back are, are uh Randy Bullock, Dane Crookshank, and then third Nick Westinay. Yeah, and,
1: and I know like, I know you're not going NWI because you're a noted NWI.
0: No, I'm not an algorithm. NWI height hater at all. I just I also think we have to understand which is the easiest to replace. What is the college game giving you more of? The college game is just giving you a flood of talented receivers. It's very and so, fertile. With what? Yeah. It's very, very fertile. fertile. Yeah. yeah. And so I think being having Dane Cruikshank's role on defense of being able to cover athletic big tight ends, that is a mental position too. you got to be able to know and be a smart defensive player. And I think a rookie ha- playing that role – is a risk. So I think that's why you need to bring back Dane Crookshay. I think kicker is way of a mental position too. And to have a guy who's had success doing it, I think it makes sense to bring bring back Randy Bullock. I like Nick Westbrook-Kine. I think he's a pretty solid number three, and number four wide receiver. They need to draft a receiver who's got a higher ceiling than that because Julio is not going to be around forever. Des Fitzpatrick is very limited. I like Marcus Johnson, but he couldn't stay healthy. And I I liked the idea of Chester Rogers, and it never really worked out. Yeah. So and I just think I just think Nick westbrook akine is the easiest of these three to draft over.
1: Okay, you know, and, and I see that. And N.W.I. wasn't even drafted, so you know, there, there's reasons why. But um, Caleb says so many good wide receivers in free agency this year. N.W.I. is replaceable. You already have so much money tied up at the wide receiver position. I, don't, I just don't think you can afford to go spend. You know. $5 million extra there where, where you need help totally. in other positions. So I, I, I think agree. you solve that issue through the draft.
0: I agree. I agree. And Ryan field says, what about tight end? Oh, we will have a whole show. <laughs> or we have, we will have several <laughs> shows Man. about the tight end position. Uh, so Yuri says, who are your three players? Austin? I didn't have three players. That was not the exercise, but I do have one player. I do thought I do think Jack left out who is also very important to bring back. He's also going to be pretty cheap too, and he's just twenty four years old. Bring me back Ola Daney.
1: Okay, I looked at him. Okay,
0: yeah, I think Ola Daney showed that, especially depending on what happens with Harold Landry, right? You know, that's Harold Landry's gonna gonna earn a lot of cash. He, er, Harold Landry is going to be freaking rich, loaded, like in in less than two months. So it's a great time to be a Landry, but. I think Ola Daney proved that he can be solid depth at edge rusher behind whoever you have. And I also think there's a pretty solid correlation to the Titans drop-off in special teams when Ola was on IR for a few weeks and then when he came back. I think Ola Daney's a good player that you can plug and play in a bunch of different spots. Uh, And I think Ola Daney would be a good decision to bring him back on up. On a, another one-year deal. He, it was a one-year, $1 million guy last year. I think he has a role to do that again.
1: So the four guys we've talked about, NWI, Dane Cruikshank, Ola Daney, and Randy Bullock. You know, we'll, we'll throw the kicker aside. Those three guys, they give you value not only, you know, at their regular position, but on special teams. Get you a guy who can do both. And I think the Titans have that in those three players, and that's why, you know, it's it's important to have continuity on special teams as well. You, you teams lose so many games in football with bad special teams play. The Titans, you know, aside from the Bengals game, are pretty solid on special teams. You know, they're not going to run any kicks back. But they get the job done. There's not a ton of mistakes. So, uh, you know, I like that. A, a few guys who can not only play their position but also get it done on special teams.
0: Good Lord. Uh, listening comprehension is a struggle, Ryan. He goes, please don't tell me you're saying let Landry walk and have Ola replace him. Did, it, did Jack, did did I say that?
1: No, no. God dang, Landry's going to make money. You got to have a guy behind him. You got to have a. You got to have depth. You can't just have Harold. Yes, Landry.
0: I was just saying that if Landry goes and gets big money elsewhere, which happens, right? If the if Landry wants to go get the highest bidder, because let's think about this: is it for for Harold Landry personally? He gets one chance for a big ass second contract. So I don't blame Harold Landry from taking the most money offered because that's up to him. But no, I'm not saying Ola Daney is a replacement for Harold Landry so you can let Landry walk. That is ridiculous. Ryan, <laughs> listen, clean out your ears. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's a big jump. Ola Daney had a great start to the season and then kind of disappeared late. but you know, I mean the things that Bud Dupree got you know up to full speed and there there are a handful of reasons why the production fell off. but two and a half sacks through his first three games, Ola Dany showed sparks this year that I think, you know, you're happy with if you're, you're you know, you're evaluating this Titans team.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one veteran quarterback has officially retired and another one might be on the move pretty soon. And maybe we learned a little bit more about that. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better coverage, better rates, and better service with Farm Bureau of Health Plans. It's a viable option for health coverage for you, whatever your situation might be with 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. You can go easily walk into a Farm Bureau of Health Plans near you, or you go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ, and they can help you there. You can set up a phone call. You can set up a Zoom call, whatever it might be, right from the comfort of your home own home to upgrade your health coverage. There's a great opportunity for you. Maybe you're paying way too much and you don't have the greatest deductible. Zach's going through it right now where his coverage rate is going to be lower. His deductible is also going to be lower. So that's great for Zach. And Farm Bureau Health Plan is going to help you out. Once again, that website, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z.
1: Bet MGM is coming at you with an awesome offer for conference championship weekend in the NFL. You place $10 on the money line on any of the four teams in action, and as long as one touchdown is scored in that game, you'll turn that $10 into $200. doesn't matter if you bet on the Bengals and they lose. As long as one touchdown is scored in that game, you're going to turn that $10 into $200, and then you can use all that extra money to use how, you know, you, you can bet it however you'd like. But this is for new users. Download the BetMGM app, use A to Z 200, turn your $10 money line wager into $200 as soon as one touchdown is scored in the game you bet on. It's as easy as that. 10 turns to 200 with one touchdown. There isn't any offers out there that are better than that. Download the BetMGM app. Use that code A to Z200.
0: Yep. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older Tennessee-only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee redline at 800-889-9789. Nailed it. All right. So. Good stuff. Ben Roethlisberger officially retires. Jack, let's play a game. Okay. How much money did big Ben Roethlisberger get paid by the Steelers in 18 years? How much money did Ben Roethlisberger make from the Steelers in 18 years?
1: I'm going to go with $195 million. Up two hundred and twenty. Really, two hundred and fifty. No way! Oh my God! Is it? It's three under three hundred. Surely, yeah, yeah. Let's let's meet in the middle. Two hundred and seventy-five. Two hundred and
0: sixty-seven. Two hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. Ben Roethlisberger retires as the third highest earning player in NFL history. Who do you think of the two above him?
1: Uh, On field,
0: right? On field football contracts.
1: Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers has to be one.
0: Aaron Rodgers is not yet above Roethlisberger.
1: Uh, He may be after this season. Uh, Tom Brady.
0: Tom Brady is the highest earning on field player in NFL history. Two hundred and ninety two million dollars.
1: You played 30 years in the NFL, and yeah, that's going to happen. Um, who, Taking
0: pay cuts, right?
1: Who would be the second? Help who me is out. Number two. Chat. Let's see some guesses in the chat. I need some who help. is number two.
0: Who is the second highest earning player in the NFL? It can't be Patrick Mahomes.
1: Is it active?
0: Uh, this player is not
1: active anymore. So it's either Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. Which one are you going go, to go with? Pick one. I'm going to go Drew Brees.
0: Ding ding ding! You're correct. Okay. Drew Brees with uh, just. Two million more than uh, Roethlisberger, two hundred and sixty-nine million. But that's nuts.
1: Oh my god! Nuts. Yeah, that'll get you a few beers on Broadway, won't it? Yeah, yeah, just a few.
0: <laughs> Peyton Manning, not it. You know, it, the quarterback money's changed drastically. I don't know yeah. exactly when Mahomes is going to pass him, uh, but he's going to. But mm-hmm. yeah, Big Ben Roethlisberger, the third highest earning player in NFL history on the field, crazy. Okay, now Aaron Rodgers could probably be right there, um, and. Aaron Rodgers might be on the move. The Broncos this morning are hiring offensive coordinator from the Packers, Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron Rodgers has been out there publicly about liking Nathaniel Hackett. And so the Broncos were kind of in the play for Aaron Rodgers' trade back in last draft. Jack, what percentage chance do you think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Broncos next year?
1: You know, for, for Aaron Rodgers in this con, you know continuous off season cycle of him not wanting to be in Green Bay but returning to Green Bay, th- this is a big play for, for the Broncos. And I think this is the only way that the Broncos are going to be able to land Aaron Rodgers. Now, do I still think that happens? I have my doubts. You know, he's just got so much familiarity in, in Green Bay. And I get that he's got problems with the front office. But Devontae Adams, who's a free agent this offseason, you know, no, nobody knows where he's going to end up. Um the Broncos at receiver—they've got Cortland Sutton, they've got Jerry Judy, they've got Tim Patrick. Am I leaving anyone out? Those, those, those are the, those are the top at three at receiver,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, they've got oh, who is the, uh, the guy from Penn State?
1: Oh, KJ Hamler. Yeah. 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 So, so those are their four guys at receiver. They don't have a Devonte Adams, and I know that Cortland Sutton's a rising star at receiver, but he, I mean, he hasn't really had a quarterback to you know kind of put him in that conversation yet, but. Do I think that Rogers is going to go to Green Bay? No, I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to give it a 33% Denver? shot. Or yeah, Denver, 33% shot. He goes to Denver.
0: That's pretty yeah. high, though.
1: Yeah, it is. It, you know, when you hire Nathaniel Hackett, there's a reason why the percentage is a little higher than anywhere else. I still think he'll be back in Green Bay. I I continue to call Aaron Rodgers bluffs, and I continue to be right. So I'm sticking with it. I think Aaron Rodgers winds up back in Green Bay. Him and Devontae Adams both actually. Uh, I don't know. Devontae's that, a free agent. Yeah, and I don't know that there will be a package deal. There's not a ton of teams that can afford both of those guys. So I I'd be surprised if either of them left Green Bay. But that's just because you know Aaron, that's been where Aaron Rodgers has been his his whole entire career, and I can't see him really anywhere else. It, I struggle to picture just like it was tough for me to picture Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. I, I can't quite fathom Aaron Rodgers in anything outside of green and yellow.
0: It would be weird. I think this is the year that Aaron Rodgers is gone.
1: Really? Yeah. But how long, how many years have we said that? Four. Four years.
0: Because the they, he hated, him and Mike McCarthy butted heads a lot. Then they fired McCarthy. And then, so it's been three years of LaFleur. And so the first two years were okay. And then last off season, it was more about the uh, front office above the head coach. And I still think that's where the friction is with Aaron Rodgers is a, is above uh, the head coach. And so I, I think it's just over. I think it's too many too many things have happened over the last seven, eight years with Aaron Rodgers where they haven't drafted somebody. Like he's only the craziest stat that I've ever heard in my entire life is that Aaron Rodgers has only thrown one touchdown pass in his entire career to a first round draft pick.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: And you know who that first round draft pick was? Laid on me. Mercedes Lewis, <laughs> who was a first round draft pick by the Jags in like 2006, <laughs> and he threw that touchdown pass to Mercedes Lewis like three years ago.
1: Jaguars like, first round draft picks don't count as actual first round draft, picks.
0: right? But I mean, Mercedes was a good player, but yeah, yeah, but again, like it took it. It was so crazy. They have not even helped. I mean, Devontae Adams is a second round pick, but I mean, hell, how many receivers have and have the Titans taken in the first round? Uh, since the Packers have drafted a receiver in the first round, like four.
1: Yeah, haven't exactly worked out either. Um, no. Yeah, I'm. I'm just still. Uh, Rodgers lives for the drama, and he's one more trip to Hawaii with Miles Teller. You know, doing ayahuasca away from making a crazy decision. I mean, that's all you got to always leave that in play. But just Rogers is old, and you know, I. I I don't think he's willing to, you know, go find a new offense, find it, you know, make, you know, start chemistry with all these finding different a ones. new
0: offense, dude. Nathaniel Hackett just got hired by the Broncos.
1: Well, yeah, That's but the if, point. if he doesn't go to the Broncos, which who don't have the weapons that he's looking for, you're complaining about the weapons you have in green Bay. You have the best receiver in the league. In, I, in Denver, you have a few solid guys, but nothing really more. I than
0: think, that. see, I think the guys in Denver are a lot more talented than what they've shown because they've had drew lock and Tyrod who Tyrod. No, not Tyrod Taylor, Eddie Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, same Eddie guy, Bridgewater. whatever. Yeah. Like it just, it, it's, it's, no, of course. I like, I think Denver. Denver's ready. Like I think the right. Like the defense is solid. They've got pass catchers. They just don't have a quarterback to get the ball to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. First year head coach though there, and I know that he's got you know a rapport with Aaron Rodgers, but it's it's going to be tricky. I just I, I think Aaron Rodgers is too comfortable in Green Bay. No matter what you know he portrays off the field. There was a point this season where he you know spent. I think it was after a Sunday Night Football win he was explaining how special this group of guys and how much he loves each of these guys on the team. And there. Oh, remember, can't there confirm. Was, remember, there there was stupid rumors. I forgot where it came from. Oh, man, the guy's name's eluding me. But where it said uh, Aaron Rodgers would boycott the Super Bowl. There, I, think, I think there's a lot of overreaction when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. And just, you know, he may not be the perfect guy, but he, he's a human. And I, I I I just struggle to see him leaving a situation That is so friendly and comfortable to him as long as Devontae Adams returns. I think that's the kicker. If Devontae Adams is back in Green Bay, Rodgers will be back in Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, I, Aaron Rodgers and his teammates are great. Like, the the locker room is fine. The locker room is not a problem with Aaron Rodgers. The front office is a problem with Aaron Rodgers. So, anyway, that's that's all we got for today. That was the magic bucket replacement, the Aaron Rodgers talk, because the magic bucket is at Zach's house. And Zach is in Dallas, and I don't have a key to Zach's house, nor do I want one. So the magic bucket is locked away from me uh, at Zach's place, and he's out of town. So the magic bucket will be back next week uh, when Zach gets back in town, and I will keep it at, back at my house, where it's where its home is, right here next to my computer stand. So, all right, guys, have a great rest of your Thursday. Jack and I will be back tomorrow morning for another show on Friday, getting us ready for championship weekend. Jack, go ahead and give us give us everybody a plug for the Tighten Up podcast this week.
1: Tighten Up podcast this week, we we started off a little sad, but by the end of it, I think you'll you'll be having a good time. Go ahead and listen to that. It's out on all platforms. It's Tannehill Downing and the Two Tone Blues is the title of the episode. <laughs> you'll be able to find it. Um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Apple Podcasts, wherever you go to listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find it. Um, we, we have some fun. We also have some honest conversations about Ryan Tannehill and Todd Downing. Um, I, I I really think you'll, you'll like our, 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 our opinions. And if you don't like them, then at least, you know, we're, we're creating a reaction for you. We try and have fun. It's a good time. Um, go ahead and listen to it. If you haven't already. And uh, after you do let us know, you listen to it, getting our yes. mentions at tighten up pod on Twitter. So, and All if right. you don't, if you don't follow tighten up pod on Twitter, you're doing something wrong or tighten up podcast on Instagram. So, make sure you go do those things.
0: There you go. There's Jack's plugs. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Buck rising later on A to Z Sports primetime. Check out the website for more content. Jack's got some articles going up later on today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks.